Welcome to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, the show designed to help make middle age your prime time of life by defying the notion that once you reach 40, 50, or even 60 years old, your crowning achievements are all behind you. Regardless of whether you're just approaching 40 or are firmly entrenched in your middle years, it's time to launch your very own personal journey toward a joyful and purpose-filled second half of life. Each week, host Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, will discuss the challenges common to middle age and help guide you to a brighter tomorrow. Now, here's Roy. When faced with a major health problem, be it cancer, MS, heart or lung condition, degenerative illness or traumatic injury, most of us turn to conventional medicine to accomplish healing and find relief. And so often drugs simply mask the illness or pain, and they don't really heal it. And if uh, the usual prescribed regimens and drugs don't help, many people undergo invasive surgery, often with limited probability of recovery or success in improving their conditions. But today's program is all about a healthy dose of good news. Because my guest, Dr. Joseph Cristiano, N.D., a renowned health and fitness coach, is here to introduce us to a fabulous natural non-invasive cellular regeneration process, a process that can make invasive procedures for treatment of disease and injury a thing of the past. And as Dr. Joe will explain, the revolutionary process is called stem cell therapy and activation, and it's a new norm in regenerative medicine. In fact, he has written a brand new book on the subject, which will be available shortly, called Stem Cell Revolution, Discover 26 Disruptive Technological Advances in Stem Cell Activation. And Dr. Joseph Cristiano is a naturopathic doctor, certified nutritional counselor, and certified nutritional health professional, and he spent more than 50 years in uh, natural health and has helped transform the bodies of Hollywood stars, major media personalities, and Miss America and Miss USA contestants, and they look pretty good, don't they? He's founder and president of Body Redesigning by Joseph Cristiano, and he's best-selling author of the prior book, Blood Types, Body Types, and You. Hello, Dr. Joe. It's indeed an honor to have you with us here today. Hello, Roy. Thanks for having me. Uh, Likewise, it's great to be on your show. Well, before we get started, can you please uh, reassure us that the stem cell procedure that we're going to talk about has nothing to do with the highly controversial method of uh, harvesting stem cells from aborted fetuses? I know that was quite a scandal a few years back. Yes, yes. Well, absolutely. This book is not uh, at all about um, uh, the embryonic stem cells. Um, it's, it's all about adult stem cells. Uh, in, the early, in the early stages, you know, where medicine and, and science were, were doing the research and, and uh, studies, uh, they went to the uh, aborted fetuses uh, to, to extract the stem cells. And yeah. even though it's a noble uh, maybe the noble intention was there. Uh, I, I, I highly um, uh, refuse to accept that, that method uh, for all the obvious reasons, but I believe in the sanctity of life, so um, uh, we can move beyond that. Uh, I know this, the topic stem cell kind of causes that disruptive uh, feeling within because that's about all the general public really have, has learned about uh, stem cells. 
Yes, but, that's what we're going to take care of that today. <laughs> exactly. Well, uh, pardon my ignorance, but let's start with the basics. What is the definition of the term stem cell, and what is the normal function in our bodies of an adult stem cell now that we're adults? Well, you know, the adult stem cell, it, it, it's a cell that uh, actually doesn't have its own identity. Um, it can uh, replicate itself. Uh, it can, uh, it's called dif differentiation, and it be become other cells. But the, the basic uh, purpose and function of the adult stem cell is to repair uh, and restore damaged cells in, in the tissue in the human body. So, yeah, you call it the natural repair crew in our bodies. Yes, exactly. You know, you know, Roy. It's kind of like this here. You, you have a seven-man crew that goes out and do, that does uh, road work, and yeah. um, one Monday morning, uh, five of them call in sick, and you can only send out two, and consequently can't get the the road work done well. So the road stay, still stays uh, disrepaired. But once the guys take some vitamin C, and next Monday they come in and they got all seven, now we can get the road repaired, and, and everybody can travel without any potholes. <laughs> and it's kind of the same way when it comes to our adult stem cells. Yeah. But you know what happens, Roy? Over time, uh, aging process has one thing to do with it, but also um, environmental toxins and uh, yeah. trauma, sickness, uh, things like that can disrupt uh, the, the function of the adult stem cell, actually uh, um, destroy their purpose and, and ability to function. And so what happens is a person starts to experience these nagging uh, nagging pain pain, nagging illnesses, you can't seem to shake them, and, uh, it, it, and they generally turn to medications because you have some symptoms, yeah. so, and, and that's not the way to do this. And so we, we found out that adult stem cells, um, it's almost miraculous what they can do, and, and from the early days to where it is today and where it's going in the future, yeah. there's an awful lot of hope for pr people that are sick, people that are injured, uh, yeah. that they can look for a recovery without medications, without surgeries or unnecessary surgeries and things like yeah. we're so used to in conventional medicine today. Yeah. Well, what does uh, stem cell therapy entail and how is it administered? Uh, are there, what are the therapy options? I mean, how do you uh, in, uh, get those uh, stem cells, uh, that therapy into your body to get it? I'll, I'll give, let me give you a, a, a simple uh, example. We'll say a person um, has a, a really painful knee, yeah. and and so um, typically you, you live with the pain as long as you can. You pop a few aspirins, maybe some ibuprofen, and get along with it. Yeah. But unfortunately, over time, it's just going to wear and get worse and more inflamed and more painful. Now it's disrupting your day-to-day -day life. So you go yeah. to the doctor, he or she does maybe um, uh, prescribes an MRI, maybe an X-ray, uh, puts you on some medications, uh, anti-inflammatories, maybe some yeah. opiates, and see you in a month, see how you're doing. Well, the yeah. same thing occurs. You don't get better, it gets worse. Yeah. So now you get this um, uh, final prognosis, and they say, look, you're bone on bone, and uh, we're going to have to do a knee replacement uh, procedure. <laughs> See that coming. <laughs> oh, man, and I'll tell you what. Here's the patient who's in dire need of, of help and, and excruciating pain, and here's what he or she's going to go home with. The very thought that she, there's going to have to be a partial upper and lower leg amputation, yeah. a replacement of the natural knee with a mechanical knee, and hope that the surgery is successful. Now, this is what they have to go home and think about. Yeah. But now we've got these disruptive technologies and therapies. We've got stem cell therapy. Now you can go to, to a physician who then 
sees the, the problem, understands the history, and now what they do is a um, simple um, mini liposuction. It's usually from the tummy because oh. that's where we carry most uh, body fat. <laughs> Got and the reason why down there. <laughs> now, now the mini liposuction isn't a total body makeover, so it's nothing yeah. like that. No, but there's a there's more uh, uh, adult stem cells in our body tissue, our body fat tissue, the adipose yeah. tissue, than in the bone marrow or the blood. So, what they'll do is they'll extract a, a certain amount of cc's of body fat. And then they they take it into the lab and they prepare the the stem cells. They extract the stem cells from yeah. from the the uh, tissue, the body fat tissue, and then they prepare it in in a syringe or two. And oh. from and it's all your own genetic material. There's no medications yeah. added to it or anything. And then oh. they'll they'll see uh, the area in in the joint that's um, damaged or, or uh, injured, and they'll inject it around the joint. And it's a very very minimally invasive. It's just an injection. Oh or two. Yes. And what happens, Roy, and this is what's amazing, there's one of the stem cells called mesenchymal cells. And what these guys do, I call them the anti-inflammatory bombs. <laughs> You're inflamed and you can't get around. Well, when you have the stem cell uh, treatment done to you, maybe within hours to the first 24 hours, 90% of your pain is gone. And it's it's not healed at that point, but it reduces it naturally reduces the inflammation, so yeah. that now the the joint is prepared for healing. Cool. Now the other the other stem cells that are have been injected, it'll take maybe two, three, maybe even four months. But what happens is that uh, our natural genetic material that's being reinjected into us, the adult stem cell, starts to grow back the cartilage that's been worn off. Oh, that's fabulous. It's absolutely amazing. And, and people can avoid unnecessary surgeries uh, once they understand that these um, therapies are available to them. Yeah, that sounds so great. Well, what are some of the systemic uh, conditions that can be treated by stem cell therapy? I know you list a number of them in your book, but... Uh... We have, what, Crohn's, Crohn's is one, you know, where people have uh, terrible inflammatory in, intestines and, they, and they're having yeah. uh, tremendous uh, difficulty eating and their whole digestive uh, process is, is inflamed. And uh, we, we knew one guy, and when I say we, I've, I've worked with uh, uh, pretty close to a, a stem cell scientist here down in, in, in Florida, mm-hmm. and um, they had to take the, the patient to Honduras at the time because the FDA mm-hmm. was limiting on exactly what can be done with stem cells. Today it's a little bit different. But anyway, he was stage four Crohn's and was mm-hmm. given 90 days to live. Yeah, I had so what, a, my wife had a cousin that died of Crohn's. So yes, it's very, cool. very hor- horrific. And so what they did is they they extracted the stem cells from him, prepared it, but instead of injecting it, they did an IV. No. Oh. And so systemically, these stem cells, your own stem cells, now travel throughout the body, yeah. and they go right to the targeted area. In other words, uh, they are drawn to the area that's... Um, um, Degenerated, okay, yeah. and so in this case, it goes to the the intestines, and yeah. and what it starts to do is heal uh, and repair the the damaged uh, cells, and now the cells can go back to what they normally do. And what cells do, by the way, is they communicate with one another or they signal. Yeah. And what happens when cells are destroyed? It's like a phone call has a lot of static on the line. You can't get the message clearly. So these cells that repair themselves can't function anymore because the adult stem cells have. Been damaged. So now they, he has the IV, 
the stem cells enter the body systemically, goes throughout the body, and healing more than just the, uh, the Crohn's mm-hmm. issue, because mm-hmm. wherever there's damage, they'll repair it. So the long story short of this patient, six months later, the, the um, doctor ran into the patient in a restaurant, and the guy mm-hmm. is eating burgers and french fries. <laughs> and the doctor goes, wait a minute, why are, you, <laughs> why are you eating like that? And he says, listen, for, for 15 years, I couldn't have any of this food. Well, this guy was supposed to die, you know, three months earlier. The guy's yeah. up on his feet, and he's healthy as could be. That's great. I know in your book you also mentioned diabetes, kidney failure, yes. uh, COPD, cardiac failure conditions, and, uh, and MS. Parkinson's disease. Some of that my wife's or my, my sister's husband has Parkinson's disease. Mm. You ought to get a hold of your book. Rheumatoid arthritis. Yes. All kinds of good stuff that uh, they can uh, treat, I guess. You know, these degenerative illnesses that people have, you know, unfortunately, uh, we, you know, we're raised with a conventional medicine approach. And, and yeah. conventional medicine, I, I'm not going to uh, badmouth conventional medicine. It's been here for decades and decades, yeah. and it'll probably be here in the future, but it's, it's limited in the options. And today, yeah. Roy, the 21st century patient is a little smarter. They want to know if they've got more options or they want to know their yeah. options. And conventional Amen. medicine pretty much runs out of options. Yes, it does. And so well, now, no, I, I didn't mean to interrupt. But uh, go ahead. No, now, now they have they have better choices. That's why I yeah. refer to stem cell therapy, PRP therapy, or uh, stem cell activators as disruptive therapies, yeah. Yeah. because because they become the new norm. You mentioned it earlier in the, in the opening. They they are becoming the new norm, and they're replacing uh, the old way of doing things. And when you do that, um, now the patient has. Uh, better options for themselves, more efficacious uh, uh, results, yeah. and less invasive. And yeah, I think it's you, you mentioned PRP therapy. We don't yeah. really have time to get into that, but that's, uh, I guess that's platinum-rich plasma. Is yes. that what the, Pla- platelet-rich plasma. They platelet. do the same thing. They draw blood, prepare it, uh, separate the growth factors, and they inject it into a joint or an area. Yeah. And again, it starts the healing process. It's not as potent as stem cell, but, uh, but it, it, it's the next in line. And then, of course, stem cell activators. The yeah. activators, well, I, tell you, I know we're running out of time. Yeah. The stem cell activators that I talk about in, in Section 2 in my book, these are just drops that you can take. You, can, uh, oh. you buy a bottle of these at home. And oh. I want to tell you something. We have people that have been on dialysis that come off dialysis. Ooh, uh, after a month of taking the cells, uh, these uh, they're not stem cells; they're activators. What they do, you drink you drink these every day, 20 drops a day, and they are targeted. They'll go to 26 areas in the body: the liver, kidneys, heart, lungs. Oh, wow. And what they do is they rejuvenate the damaged adult stem cells. Yeah. They repair them so they can go do their work, and it's all oh, natural. And we're That's we're getting cool. such wonderful results. I explained the whole thing in the book. Yeah, I noticed that was in there. But um, well, stem cells sounds great, but uh, how much does it cost? Is it uh, real expensive to get that? Or? Well, that's that's the the other part of the uh, of the formula. The the three disruptive technologies: stem cell therapy, PRP, and then adult stem cell activators. Yeah. Is a, the 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 therapy stem cell therapy probably begins around five thousand dollars and upward. Ouch. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty big. Uh, it's a pretty big bite. Some people can afford it, some can't. Uh, yeah. 
soon we're hoping that insurance companies will start to cover it. Yeah, that was the next thing I was going to ask yeah. is whether the insurance companies, yeah. they're now, always a little behind the yes. times. On. Now, PRP, if you go to a clinic uh, or a doctor, PRP, um, that can probably be around $1,000, $800 oh, to 1000 Sounds a lot better. If it, yeah, if and works. then the adult stem cell activators, they're $50 for a, a bottle that you can be at home doing that, and you don't need uh, medications or anything else with them. So your budget has to factor in, and, and I'm, we're hoping that uh, the, F, the FDA and the medical or the uh, insurance uh, community will start to realize, you know, the, the, the efficacy and, and the, the life-saving results that uh, stem cell therapy getting so that yeah, we can so have it covered. It, it seems like their skulls are so to get, get it through I know it's, it's an uphill battle. Well, you've written this brand new book on the uh, hot, red hot topic called Stem Cell Revolution. Uh, when will your book be available for purchase, and where it's, should we go to purchase it? Well, I'll tell you what, it, it's in the bookstores right now as we oh, speak. It is. It, it's in the bookstores, or they can go to my website. Uh, it, it's uh, uh, bodyredesigning.com. Bodyredesigning.com. And. Um, you can get it there or your local bookstores. How about Amazon? Can you Amazon.com. All the all these outlets that carry these books. I think they're in Costco's. I'm getting it now from my publisher, and but they they launched it two days ago. Oh, I see. So, so it's brand new. <laughs> great. Well, I noticed you have a section three in your book yes. titled Healthy Living, and yes. it's the proactive part of the book, as you call it. What are a few actions that each of us should take to promote a healthy lifestyle? Well, so you, we you know, some, you know something, Roy. We 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 can we're either proactive or reactive. You know, yeah. and and we can, you know, if we're all healthy, we can remain proactive. But we, yeah. we a lot of times are reactive. But the key, regardless of your choice of of therapy or or technology or whatever, a solid nutritional base is very very important. And I oh, yeah. and, and I go into detail in the book about it. But I'm very strong uh, uh, on the on the idea that genetically speaking, uh, our body. Re- responds most favorably to foods that are compatible with our our uh, red blood cells and, and and there's scientific proof that shows how the re- red blood cells respond but the key to this is is when you establish a, a baseline a nutritional baseline from food now the symptoms that you're dealing with some will will dissipate because you've you've started making food selections that are more accurate for your body chemistry and as those dissipate and the ones remaining and maybe there's a couple more symptoms left now we can go after those specifically so we start off with a nutritional base and and i have some wonderful graphs in the book that explain a study that i was involved with 5200 individuals uh men and women by age gender and blood type and different uh diseases like cancer diabetes and so forth and we found out that certain blood types had the propensity of avoiding early uh, illnesses, and some seem to uh, uh, come in contact with them earlier, like heart disease. So it correlates, but I talk about how it correlates to your blood type, and certain blood type people have have a a genetic propensity of having more sluggish or or thick blood, where others have very thin blood. Some have the ability to digest proteins, and some don't. So when we become more more accurate with the food selections, and I'm not referring to going on a diet, but food selections, now we have... we pretty much have a nice solid base to build from. Now we look at nutritional supplements. Now, yeah. if we need more supplementation, 
for more nutrients, then we add supplementation. So I talk about supplementations that are basic and then for a specific reason, like if you're sick, you probably should take more more vitamin C and things like that. Well, that's and, great. That, that, that goes beyond theory then. And uh, first of all, we learn about the, the potential of this wonderful stem cell uh, therapy and the uh, PRP therapy, but we also are given some hard-headed uh, options of what we should do proactively. Yes. I like where you say sitting is the new smoking. Because <laughs> 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 we all need to get off our butts and get some exercise as well. Absolutely. <laughs> well, in conclusion, uh, in his book's introduction, Dr. Joseph Cristiano compares the stem cell revolution regenerative, regenerative medicine, I always have trouble saying that, with the most recent disruptive technologies like blockchain for moving our money, digital currency, I'm yep. sure you've heard of Bitcoin, and artificial intelligence. And as he points out, disruptive technology is all around us. It's the wave of the future, and we'll soon put an end to business as usual. And too long, you and I have been confined to conventional medicine and its limited practices and protocols. And there's nothing wrong with conventional medicine, as Dr. Joe pointed out, in itself. But it... uh, Puts, uh, as he puts it, over the recent years, humans have discovered new, less invasive, and more efficient means of healing the body, fighting diseases, and treating various degenerative conditions. And it makes total sense for you and me to keep up with the revolution so that we can consider all the new and exciting options the next time we are confronted by an injury or disease, either in ourselves or a loved one. And to do so, I highly recommend you preview Dr. Joe Cristiano's book, Stem Cell Revolution. And uh, as he said, it's now available, uh, hopefully at your local bookstore or uh, through his website. And what's that website again? It's www.bodyredesigning.com. Bodyredesigning.com. Yeah, that's, that's simple to remember. And uh, I highly recommend that you go there and, and check it out. And thanks so much, Dr. Joe, for informing us, and best of success in getting your message out. Thank you, Roy. It was a pleasure to get to meet you and be on your show. Thank you. Well, we begin this segment of the program with some bad news. Hundreds of thousands of talented professionals of our age, middle age, have been ousted from the workforce because of their age, tossed aside and replaced by millennials who are paid far less. And if they're lucky enough to find a replacement job, these mature professionals on average end up earning about one-third less than their former salaries. That doesn't sound very good, does it? Are you presently a victim of the corporate youth movement? If not, you're in, and you're in your late 40s, 50s, or 60s, are you nervously looking over your shoulder for the next millennial being primed to take away your job? Well, that's no way to live our lives or our career, is it? Well, here's a million-dollar question. Is there anything you can do now to demonstrate your intrinsic value today in this rapidly evolving, useful world of commerce? And, well, now I've got some good news. Marketing expert Diane Huth has studied the issue of ageism from all sides for many years, and she's here to share a dozen ways 40-plus workers can adopt to fit into today's youth-oriented workplace. And you may recall that Diane Huth was a guest 
on our October 2nd, 2017 program, and since that date, she is working feverishly on her next book throughout this April, Brand You to Reinvent Your Career, and it's specifically designed for those of us in our 50s or late 40s or, uh, you know, beyond middle age and beyond. And Diane Youth, as you may recall, is a 40-year marketing superstar who's held top-level marketing slots at Johnson & Johnson, Carnation Nestle, and CBS Cable, subsequently switched to launching new high-tech products for startup companies, and she's best-selling author of a previous book for job seekers of all ages, but she's now concentrating on those of us seeking to get hired or jumpstart our career at middle age and beyond. And hello, Diane Houston. Welcome back to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age. Why, thank you so much, Roy. It's a pleasure to be here and and to talk with you and, and your listeners. Well, lots of us over uh, 40, especially those of us over 50, feel like we've been passed over or held back because of our age, maybe denied a great position we were seeking. Is this just a gut feeling, or is there solid evidence that uh, age discrimination does exist in, uh, in hiring and promotion? It, you are right on. There is a lot of ageism out there. It's illegal, but that doesn't mean it doesn't happen because it's such a subjective um, factor. The statistics are scary. Um, I'm in my 60s, um, and so people my age have a much higher time, particularly women, harder time yeah. getting a job. Um, there's one study that says that older women are 47% less likely to even get an interview than a younger woman. Wow. Yeah, and when and, you do, uh, the the stats are that um, 37% of the people will get hired back at lower salary, like you mentioned. Okay. Um, and I just saw a PBS special that said that peak earnings um, occur during your late 30s, and oh, that from great. the age 45 to 55, average salaries of workers declined by 9%, and wow. the decade, next decade, another 9%. Boy, and that's, that's totally counter to how it used to be when you'd expect to earn your prime you know, when you were in your late 50s, maybe. Right. We were working hard because we wanted to have those maximum salaries going into retirement programs and social security earnings. And now what I've discovered is that there's a real crisis out there. It is a terrible problem. Hmm. People talk about the Medicare and Social Security problem and how are we going to fund it. That's not the issue. The issue is how baby boomers are going to survive between 55 and 65 to be able to get their benefits, particularly (laughs) medical insurance. You know how much it costs for medical insurance when you're over 60. It's especially costly if you don't have a job to to pay for right, the, uh, but, but I, I was responsible for my company for our group benefit plans, and I could get a good, decent, um, and a good with a good deductible group um, benefit for 20-year-olds because yeah. they were age-rated for less than $200 a month, oh, and for wow. people in their 60s, it was $1,200 a month per person to wow. cover you for medical insurance. So if you're unemployed between 60 and 65, you've got a horrible crisis. Not only are you not earning what you should be earning and need to be earning, you either have to come up with $1,200 a month extra to pay these outrageous medical premiums until you can reach Medicare, or you go without insurance, and then a huge percentage of consumer bankruptcies come from that 60 to 70 age group where people lose everything because of a catastrophic medical illness. Yeah, that's terrible. What are the five biggest mistakes to avoid? if you're over 50 and seeking to land a better job. 
you know, there must be some way to attack that. But uh, what are those five mistakes that most of us make? Well, the the biggest, the number one mistake, and the number one reason that we are losing our jobs is technology, not yeah. not not you know robots and things like that, but keeping up with technology in the workplace. Yeah. We were we are our technology immigrants, and we speak with a heavy accent, if you wish. Whereas <laughs> the younger generation, they were born their natives. They were born practically yeah. with their iPads, you know, in their hands as they came out the womb. And babies and children use technology tools that we don't feel comfortable with. So the number yeah. one thing you have to do is to get your technology skills up. I call it you have to tech up. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that amazing, that uh, that comment I loved about us being immigrants? <laughs> I guess I feel like an immigrant when I'm in the high-tech uh, realm. <laughs> well, you right. We're not real comfortable with it. It scares us. It scares yeah. me, and I'm, I've been forced by work and, and conditions to become pretty good at a lot of technology tools, but I'm not Anything near like my 29-year-old son is a whiz. Yeah. Younger kids are amazing. <clears throat> well, you encourage those out of work for an extended period or are dead-end and frustrated in their current job to rebrand themselves to be able to reinvent their careers. It sounds great, but how do you get started on rebranding yourself? Establishing well, yourself as someone a potential employer just has to have on board. Well, the number one what, the number one obstacle to overcome is technology. That's what you have to yeah. do. The number one way to get a job is through networking. Networking, personal hands-on, shaking hands, meeting people, being a known entity, meeting people and getting to know them is the number one way to get a job. And the older you are, the more important it is, and the higher your salary is, the more important it is. Yeah. People don't hire strangers. They hire people they know and trust. Because hiring is a high-risk um, thing for a company. Um, companies invest a lot of money and, yeah. and training people. And so you have got to be somebody that somebody trusts that they're going to be able to get a return on their investment. Yeah, and it's especially when they're older and have to invest in uh, health insurance for these older workers and uh, that can be expensive too, so that you know there's a lot of obstacles to overcome there. Well, your book one of the includes. Things, oh, Roy, if I can add, yeah. one of the things I found is that older people who are, particularly if you're out of work, yeah. our identity is so important to us that when yeah. you're out of work, people withdraw. They become yeah. intimidated. They don't have a business card. They don't want to go to a networking social and face, yeah, I'm looking for a job. Yeah, I got yeah. laid off. They don't want to do that. It's painful. And so it's they the very withdraw. time they should be doing that. <laughs> they need to double down on networking. Yeah. That's where yeah. you're going to find the jobs. That's my biggest thing is get out there, network, and join your professional organization. Stay a member and then get on the board of directors. They are desperate for volunteers to do anything with nonprofits and trade associations. Yeah. And let people see your worth by what you do and contribute to the organization. Well, for a moment or two, I'd like to highlight a couple of the uh, 12 strategies that you uh, include in your book for older workers that they can adapt to fit into the younger workplace. And one of us, you tell us to update our resume and search documents, but how best can we make our resume more attractive in this youthful environment? Should we leave out all accomplishments more than 10 years old? Or how about eliminating chronological resumes? Uh, how do you get around that uh, age problem? Well, and, um, I think that 
and you want to limit your resumes to to two pages. Yeah. Um, the key focus on your resume should be on achievements, not on yeah. tasks, not yeah. what you did, but what you've achieved. So you want yeah. to synthesize your resume to talk about achievements. I led a task force. I raised sales. I recruited X number of people, anything you can quantify. So you really need to recast your resume in your mind and take away responsibilities and replace it with achievements. That's number yeah. one. Um, it's okay to have a section near, you know, where you summarize after, let's say, 20 years for sure, anything below that unless it's significant companies or reduce those to one line or say if you have a lot of, you know, younger work that's not as relevant to the, you know, prior work experience includes, then you can have a one line saying I was a nanny for a company <laughs> and I um, sold, hand, you know, whatever you did. And so yeah. you kind of summarize some of those years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another thing is that for anybody who is out of work, I suggest that all professionals, and I assume that we're all professionals and, and, and doing, you know, not blue-collar perhaps, but yeah. people who are have a, a college education if possible or work in a management field or any professional you're licensed, is that you set up a consulting company. Oh, yeah. And a consulting company is as easy as a business card and a three-page website that you can build yourself. Yeah. And what yeah, that lets you is get past HR so you can talk one-on-one -on -one with the hiring manager and showcase your skills. Yeah. You can present that, that resume. Well, the here's other... another good one. How do we adopt a more youthful communication style? How the heck do we do that? Use bad grammar? Should we just throw <laughs> in emojis or uh... – <laughs> Not oh, really. Well, what I have like... learned painfully is that less is more with millennials. They talk cryptically, think yeah. that they communicate with Twitter. How do you do 140 characters? So when I want to write a document, I've, I've had to change this. I want to write something. I want to explain everything in detail so everybody gets it. And what I've learned is millennials just look at the, all those words and just skip it. They just don't do it. So you have to have very short, very cryptic communication, lots of paragraphs, small paragraphs. Um, so, you know, instead of long paragraphs. And you have to minimize communication so it's readable. Because I used to write long, you know, I want to summarize our meeting, and here is this big, long yeah. thing. People don't read it. They just don't <laughs> read long things. So you have to make it tight, crisp, concise, less is more. Well, these young workers can't read too long a communication because they have to hurry in and change their diapers every so often. <laughs> well, my own adopted son, I call him my adopted son, I, I consider him to be my son. When I wrote my first book, I gave it to him, and I said, have you read the book? He, and he looked at me, and he said, I can't read that much. That's too many words. <laughs> so what I ended up is is I learned that millennials can't read four-and-a-half-hour books. Yeah. So I've, it, as, a, as a result, I've taken the content – and I've chopped it up into little e-books, 10 and 15,000 words, which is an hour to read, but little short books that synthesize each of the major topics and points because that's how they consume stuff in, in short segments. Today, e-books are getting to be 45 minutes to read them as opposed to a tome, which takes four hours. Yeah, so your uh, latest book, Brand You to Reinvent Your Career, when will that be available and uh, where should we go to look for it? The release date is scheduled for April 2nd, and I'm, I'm working feverishly to get the manuscript to finally to my editor to finalize it. Um, and it will be available on Amazon and on my website, which is brandyouguide.com.
Yeah, and on that website, I know you have some uh, free downloads there. It's uh, definitely worth going to now. Yes, I have several on that site. If you go to another, if you write this out, this is easy. HireMeNowPlease.com. HireMeNowPlease.com. You'll be able to find a 15-page career checklist, and it'll kind of help you see where you are on your branding journey. Um, and I'd love to have give that free gift to all of your listeners. Yeah, and uh, again, that's please hi- or hire me now, please, or brandyouguide.com or your other uh, your two websites. That's correct. Well, in conclusion, most of you ladies don't like to reveal your age, but Diane Hughes proudly proclaims she's a 67 year old marketing expert. And like it or not, the traditional age for requirement. Retirement, excuse me, has become 65, even though many of us professionals are sharp as attack years, even decades beyond that. And same as Diane, once you're 65, I'll bet a lot of you will be far from ready to retire and lose your status as a valuable contributing professional. And the problem is how do you and I compete with a 28-year-old whiz kid of today? And the answer is stop trying. Let them have that job you held decades ago. You've outgrown it. And as Diane emphasizes in her book, stop clinging to old ways of communicating promoting your skills and performing on the job the same as you did 20 or 30 years ago. In middle age and beyond, it's time to reinvent yourself and your career, as Diane puts it, to find meaningful, meaningful work using your many decades of skills that you're uniquely qualified to tap into. And in the process, your primary goal should be long-term job satisfaction. And whether you or not you need the income, you find genuine joy and satisfaction while contemporaries your age are out fishing or sitting around playing bridge. And if middle age or beyond, you're seeking insights and role models to help you reinvent your career, continue contributing as long as you wish, then I highly recommend you preview and purchase Diane Hughes' latest book when it's available April 2nd called Brand You Reinvent Your Career. And above all else, remember, if you love what you do, you'll never work another day in your life. And thanks for returning, Diane, and best of success in getting your message out there. Thank you so much, Roy. It's a pleasure to be here. I'd like to close today's program with some good news and some bad news. And this comes from an article by Claire Ansbury in the January 16th Wall Street Journal titled, What's the Perfect Age? The article reports that researchers are studying the age when we feel our best and our worst and why. And the good news, the best age is 65 to 74 for most right after retirement and uh, they've labeled it as the time affluent the researchers have. No longer facing demands of earning a living, but still young, vibrant, and healthy enough to enjoy a full and active lifestyle doing whatsoever they choose. So if you're 48 or 53 years old now, hang in there. Your best years are about to come. But here's the bad news. The folks having the least fun were ages 35 to 54, the heart of middle age. And that's totally counter to the theme of this program. Middle age can be your best age. The answer, you've got to balance your life, decide what really matters, what's really important, and also decide how you really prefer to spend the remainder of your productive years. You don't have to make it to the very top. That's probably out of the picture, but you can certainly enjoy doing what you 
are doing every day for a living. And it is possible to have a good time while earning a living, believe me. Uh, I'm doing it myself. And let me recommend you preview and purchase my book, A Midlife Challenge Wake Up by Roy C. Richards. It's available on uh, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and on our website, middleagerenewal.com, and it presents a comprehensive roadmap to go from a life of unhappiness and boredom to a life full of energy and excitement every day and the joy of living. And tune in next week when we'll talk about how to stop living paycheck to paycheck. See you then on Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age. Goodbye for now. You've been listening to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, hosted by Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of both A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, and Wake Up, Captain and Crew, Restart Your Engines. You can learn more about Roy and his Middle Age Renewal Training System by visiting his website, middleagerenewal.com. 